Eye on 2020, episode 314. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. Hey, what's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. Thank you for joining me for another look at the 2020 election. This is a Monday Ride with Ray show. That's right. So you guys know that sometime, if you listen to the show for a while anyway, and if you're new, then uh, I'm going to explain it to you real fast. Every so often, I am just so darn busy in my life, and uh, I spend a lot of time with, with windshield time in my job. So every so often, if I don't have the ability or the time or whatever it is to go ahead and um, do a show from the comfort of my home, then I will go ahead and do this show from the comfort of my car. While I'm driving, I hook up a little microphone to my ear and I'll talk and I'll tell you guys about the news of the day and stuff like that. The only difference is the sound quality. You'll hear a little bit of car noise in the background and all that stuff. But hey, that is just... uh, what I have to deal with sometimes, because you guys know life gets busy, I'm sure your life gets busy pretty regularly as well, in the life of a podcasting host, uh, when you have a typical job as well, you got to make sure that you are uh, doing what you got to do, you know, and I'm going to go out and put it on a show as often as I can for you guys, I'm going to do it every Monday and Thursday for you, whether I have to drive or not, right, Uh, so anyway, Monday, I always take a look at all of the, uh, the the news shows early in the morning. On Monday, I'll try to you know listen to a few of the podcasts about the, the you know those Sunday morning shows that they have. You have uh, Fox, what is it? Fox News Sunday. You'll have the weekend with George Stephanopoulos or something like that. You have uh, a bunch of these these Sunday morning news shows that they do, and typically in a normal election year. If the vice president was announced, like if, if a vice presidential candidate was announced, for example, we all know last week Kamala Harris was announced as the VP pick for Joe Biden. And typically the Sunday shows, that person would make an appearance. Like they would be lined up to do interviews with every single Sunday morning show that they can get their hands on because. You want to get publicity out there for your candidate. You want to get your candidate talking. You want to get your candidate building up the the presidential pick. You know, you want to make sure that Joe Biden is presented in the best manner and that you're an ally with that person. Do you want everyone to know that you are fully in support of that presidential candidate, especially in a situation with Kamala Harris where they kind of fought on the campaign trail. She basically called Joe Biden a racist on stage in, in a, you know, in more than one word, basically, when they were talking about this whole busing thing. And if you remember during the debate, like, that was a pretty big deal. She called out Joe, said, hey, you know what? You were in favor of busing and I, you know, or you were in favor of getting rid of busing and I was one of those people that benefited from busing and all that. And... You know, she basically called him a racist 
And I remember when that happened. I mean, if you want to go back and listen to the show, I don't remember which debate it was, but I think it was like the second or the, I think it was the second debate that they did because she had the performance where it propelled her into about second place. She took up like 22% of the vote at that point. And, uh, it was a pretty big deal for her. She looked like she was just, but as, as things came out, it turned out that she would not really, you know, benefit from busing. And she, I don't know. I mean, and it turned out that like busing was something that was kind of criticized in the seventies anyway, but in a normal election year this weekend, you would have seen Kamala Harris on every single news channel that she can get her get her, get herself onto. Like that's what they would have done, but they didn't. And it's very, very strange to me that they didn't. It's actually really strange to me. And now I'm thinking about it in the moment. It's really strange to me that they're not doing interviews. Joe Biden's not doing interviews, really. Like, he'll make appearances, he'll do these things from, you know, these talks from his, from his house, they say on some channels, they're like, saying that he's in his bunker at home or something like that, um, I think that that's way blown out of proportion, but this guy's not doing interviews either, neither is she, and it makes, and, and like, in the moment right now, I'm thinking to myself, it makes me think that the DNC is kind of up to something, I, I guess we'll know by the end of the week, because the Democratic National Committee is having their um, their big event this week, right? They're having the um, the convention, and it's going to kind of come out on what's going to happen. But I'm looking at this whole scenario, and I'm I'm thinking maybe they're not going to nominate Joe Biden, but I think they already did. I think they did it. I heard that they did it through like email ballot or something like that, where they had the people that were able to vote for this guy. They went ahead and did like a big uh, email thing or something like that. And they already nominated Joe Biden to be the presidential nominee. So maybe that's kind of solidified in stone. But to not be doing interviews, especially this week, it just kind of confused me. That's all. Because these two kind of were bumping heads at the time. But why aren't they doing interviews? That's the other thing. Why are... Why is Joe Biden not doing interviews? And I don't know that he feels like he needs to do interviews. I, I heard this as well, like the last 200 days of the campaign for Hillary Clinton. She didn't do any interviews either. She was just on the campaign trail, but she wasn't doing any type of interviews at all with reporters. And I don't think she felt like she had to. But then again, she ended up losing the election as well. So is it going to benefit Joe Biden and not do this. All it does is cause speculation. Like with Hillary Clinton, I don't know if you remember this, people were talking about her health and she wasn't doing interviews. And like the only thing they could do is get pictures of her falling into cars and being carried away from heat stroke and all that stuff. And with Joe Biden, like people already criticize his health. They wonder if he's mentally competent. They wonder if he can put together a coherent sentence. And I personally think that that is a little bit blown out of proportion in some ways, but he's an older guy. He might be fighting for his words every so often. He might be trying to think about things uh, or trying to figure out what words to say. And this guy is not known for being the most eloquent speaker in the world in the first place. Like when you see him on the stage now talking or whenever he's doing these public appearances 
from his basement, not public, but he's, you know, he's scripted messages from his basement. It looks like he's reading from the teleprompter. Now, all politicians read from the teleprompter, that's true, but most of them put a, do a pretty good job of making it look like they're not reading from the teleprompter. Prompter. Um, Donald Trump obviously looks like he's reading from the teleprompter when they tell him to stay on message. He like totally is just reading from the teleprompter. But Barack Obama, for example, like you couldn't tell that he was reading from a prompter, but obviously he was. He was pretty good at faking it. George Bush, same thing. Most presidents, same thing. Donald Trump, not so much. And now Joe Biden, absolutely not so much. Like he is having a hard time even reading from the teleprompter sometimes. Like he starts to look like he's getting confused and stuff. And that's that's a problem. That's a huge problem. That's gonna be a problem that's gonna make people not feel confident in in their in their choice of president if they're gonna go vote for this guy. That's what I think. They already don't have confidence in Donald Trump in some ways, but you do wanna feel as an American that you're going to have somebody in there that is mentally competent. Like, the Democrats are kind of digging themselves a hole in some ways right now because of the way that they're going to market with Joe Biden. Like, there's no message. His message is, I'm a nice guy, and I'm not Donald Trump. That's it. That's the only message I hear from the Democrats right now. And the other message that you hear from the Democrats right now is the AOC slash Bernie Sanders message of uh, this far left politics, this, you know, healthcare is a human right and the government needs to provide it and we need Medicare for all. As a matter of fact, we need a complete medical take takeover by the federal government. Like, just throw stuff against the wall and see what sticks. Let's see how far left we can get as fast as we can get there. Like, that is the message that I hear from the Democratic Party. But Joe Biden does not have a message. Listen to this guy talk. There's no message there. The message is only, I'm not Donald Trump, vote for me. You know, we could go back to the way things were under Barack Obama or something. Like, that's the only message that I hear from Donald or from uh, Joe Biden. So it, it's really... It's interesting to see what's going to happen because I'm starting to think that Donald Trump might have a chance. And I and you guys know I've said this in the past. I didn't think he had a chance in you know at all about a month and a half, two months ago, just because of the way that the handling of the coronavirus has gone. It's going to be blamed on him. The economy is starting to tank, but now Dow Jones is starting to do good. A lot of people take that as an indicator of the economy. While it's not, but a lot of people do. Jobs are starting to come back so we could run on that. The economy, he could say, look how strong the economy was. We had all this happen and it's already bounced back. Look how great we are in November. Coronavirus cases are starting to come down in the south. For example, in South Carolina, we had the lowest number since like mid-June or something like that. Uh, yesterday, on Sunday, the lowest number of new cases. So that's going to be a benefit to Trump in the south where people are going to start having confidence again. Even though, you know, whether there was mishandling or not, um, it's perception is the only thing that really matters, not the facts, right? So people's perception, people's um, 
people's thoughts on this thing. And Donald Trump supporters, they think that he did a great, he's done a great job on this no matter what. Um, will the independents think that he's done a great job on this? Who knows? But I'm starting to think that Donald Trump might have a chance at this point just because of the lack of messaging from the Democratic Party. Joe Biden has no message whatsoever, guys. And that's not going to play well. Whereas Donald Trump, he's able, he can probably stay on message. Now, Donald Trump worries me, and I don't know if I've expressed this before, but this guy, I mean, he literally, I, I was, I listened to a couple different YouTube videos and stuff over the weekend because I was prompted by something that he said and I, I, I heard it and I was just like, I want to look into this a little bit further. But there's like something that Donald Trump cons- consistently says that he has like total power, total power. He can do whatever he wants to. He can sidestep the Congress on anything that he wants to. He has total power and he believes that. He said it probably 10 or, di- 10 or 12 different times that he has total power to do whatever he wants to. And that is not a good precedent to set. That is not something that any leader should be saying that they have total power unless you're Maduro in Venezuela or the the Chinese Communist Party. We have total power, at least in the Chinese Communist Party, like the person that's in charge doesn't have total power, but the party has total power. The so they can do whatever they want to. But it's not one person. I think one person probably has a lot of influence over Chinese policy. But I'm not convinced that the Chinese Communist Party is like the one person Mao or not Mao. I, I guess Mao would be the person that had total power at one point. But I think the way that China runs now is it's the one party rule, which is terrible. But I mean, we're practically one party rule in America in the first place. Like, there's not that much difference between Democrats and Republicans. The only difference is, um, is the fact that they're fighting for the power. So at least it makes them seem like they're different. But really, they're all big government and they're all for big government. They're all for, you know, state solutions to everything, just like the Communist Party of China is. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's the main difference. But. When a president says that they have total power, they can do whatever they want to. I mean, maybe Donald Trump has not wielded that power. Maybe he has not tried to wield that power. Maybe he has not tried to overstep things too much in that way. But we'll see what happens. I mean, when somebody thinks that they have total power or they can rationalize in their mind that they do have total power... It'll make you make bad decisions. It'll make you make decisions that... That can be scary. So you can keep that power and wield that power. And maintain that power. I mean... Power corrupts and absolute... Power corrupts absolutely or something like that is the term that they use. So if you think that you have absolute power... Total power... Will you become a totalitarian? I don't know. I don't know that Donald Trump has gotten to that point yet. I don't know that he would get to that point. But to set the precedent, to start off making people think that, what's that going to say for the next president and the president after that? 
do we start going down the road towards totalitarianism in that sense? I mean, that's the fear, is the precedent that's set. I mean, if you look at presidents in the past, they have done it, right? They have done things to wield their power. I mean, the most famous example, or I guess infamous and infamous, infamous example, not sure if I'm using that exactly right, but a lot of people don't know about this, but it happened, and that's during the Civil War when Lincoln suspended habeas corpus and made it so he can basically arrest anybody and hold them indefinitely. American citizens. He went and shut down newspapers that were, you know, speaking out against the war. Whether they were doing it for good reasons or bad, he still, you know, basically treaded upon the press. Went and shut down newspapers that were, that's the freedom of the press. The government can't do that, but he did it. He suspended habeas corpus where you can just arrest people and hold them indefinitely as military prisoners. If you were an American citizen, basically stifling people's speech, basically stifling stifling all opposition to the war. And most people are going to go along with what the president says. Most people in America just go along with things the way that they are. They don't speak up. They don't speak out against things. They just go along with it. That's why you have slavery for, you know, 75, 80 years after the founding of the country. That's why you have Jim Crow laws that it takes, you know, 80 years to get, get the, make those go away. But that most people do not speak out. So most people in Civil War America did not speak out against the war. They went along with the propaganda campaign that was fed to them on both sides from the Confederates and from the Union. Like, that's just what people do. And then those that do speak out, there's few and far between. But if they could have a loud voice, that's what the press, that's what freedom of the press was all about. But Lincoln ended that. So, in, if that's the case, if Lincoln was able to do it, then Donald Trump can do it. Suspend the habeas corpus. End the free press. Shut down newspapers. Maybe the Supreme Court will come back in three years, five years, ten years, however long it is, and strike those laws down, or strike those orders down. But ultimately, it happened, and the fear is there in people's minds now to self-censor. So yeah, I mean, Donald Trump kind of scares me in some ways because he does feel like he has total power but I mean that I mean I'm I'm afraid of from both sides as well because Democrats would do just as bad of things as the Republicans would do in that sense they're both trying to wield power that's why I vote libertarian I mean we don't have a voice at all as libertarians it's like the parties look like as looked as looked upon as a joke essentially i mean we do get onto the ballot in all 50 states 
It is more of a opposition vote than I'm doing anyway when I would vote libertarian. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it feels to me that politics is under control in this day and age. It feels like there's not a lot of um, openness to other things, obviously. There's not a lot. I mean, there's so much division going on. And I just look at politics right now and it just, it, it, I don't, I mean, they, the politicians that are trying to get elected right now, there's no openness there. Joe Biden is not speaking, not doing interviews. Like it, it's, everything's been flipped upside down and maybe it's the coronavirus. Maybe he would be out there doing normal politic, political stuff on this campaign trail and being open and, you know, or whatever, but maybe it's the coronavirus, but I don't think that's the case. I think that the less you say, the better people are going to vote Democrat or Republican, no matter what. Anyway, people have just kind of come to realize that you have to vote Democrat or Republican. Like it's been that way forever. So you have two choices. You have Donald Trump, you have Joe Biden, vote for one of them. I don't care if Joe Biden has no mental capacity whatsoever. Just vote for him because he's the D and Donald Trump, he's the R. So you have to vote for him. That's just the way it is. I don't know that Americans are sick of that yet. I think that the press and everybody has become so complicit in this entire scenario that the entire United States of America, everybody just feels like you know, they've been divided so much and pushed apart so much. And there's the people in the middle that just stay quiet and don't say anything and don't even go out there and vote because 40% of the people don't vote. But everybody else that is going to vote has gotten so divided and so pushed into their corner that they're just wanting their guy to be in the, in charge that nobody cares about the message. There doesn't need to be a message at this point. I mean, Republicans, traditionally, they've talked about, like, deficit spending and and fixing the debt and all that stuff. They don't even say anything about that anymore. They don't give a crap about the deficit or the deficit spending or how much the national debt is. You don't hear about that. Because nobody cares because they just want their guy to be elected. And the Democrats, they'll say anything. They will, they will go as far left as they want to. They don't care. Healthcare is a right. You need to give everybody free healthcare. You know what? Let's just give everyone free college. Let's give everyone free everything. They'll go as far as they want to to the left because nobody cares. They just want their guy to be elected, and that's it. That's what we've come to in this country. But there's a different way. It's just, I mean, I don't know what the solution is. Do you go through the Republican or Democrat Party and try to change it from within? That was like the Ron Paul way. That was the way of the um, Young Americans for Liberty. Do you do that? Try to re- try to change the parties from within. Young Americans for Liberty, they think they go for the try to change the Republican Party from within, kind of get some Thomas Massey's slash Rand Paul's up there in, in Congress. Do you do that? 
or do you go with the Libertarian Party? I don't know. I mean, I have not determined one way or the other because I just don't think people care. They just want their guy in power. That's what I've, that's kind of what I've determined. So anyway, but let me go ahead and wrap up the show. I appreciate you joining me. Uh, This is Ion 2020. We take a Libertarian look at the 2020 election on this one I've been doing uh, since about the last, you know, year and year and nine months now got a couple months until the election so i'll keep on going until then and then i'm going to kind of change things up a little bit i haven't figured out exactly how i'm going to do that yet still kind of putting that into place uh but i hope you'll continue to listen to this show uh if you haven't already go me give me a five star rating and review on whatever podcatcher you are listening to if you're able to give reviews there uh i would appreciate that share it with your friends as well and uh you could go and follow me on facebook and on twitter just type in at I on the Empire, and you'll find it there as well as IonTheEmpire.com. And uh, the best thing you can do, though, every single week is listen to this show on Monday and Thursday after you've shared it with your friends, of course, and then come on back on Thursday so you can have clear vision for 2020.